Blog Talk Radio. Quite well, you know. He, he, you know, he'll learn from um, 
uh, Joe Flacco, but I don't like someone that dynamic in our division. I especially don't like someone that dynamic, dynamic with the old Ravens. Um, tell me this, man. I knew, a lot of people thought that Josh Allen may go first. I thought that Sam Donald was a quote-unquote safe pick. I kind of like this pick of um, – actually, I, I really like the selection of the Mayfield because, again, like we mentioned last week, man, I thought he's the best quarterback in the draft. I thought that he played well when the state I thought that he was ready. I think he has a lot of swag, a lot of sauce. That's what Cleveland really needs in the quarterback position, especially after what they had last year. But what do you make that that Mayfield deserves to go first? Or if not, then who would you prefer to go first? You know what? I just thought it very interesting because, of course, when the pick was made, the first person I thought of was you because we had just had that conversation yeah. in, in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, looking at a guy's tape and, and, and seeing how he looked throughout his collegiate career. Because basically, yes. that's one of the major things that we go off of, right? But, you know, you, you hear different draft theories, right, and in terms of how right. GMs and scouts look at a prospect. And the two things that really come up is someone's tape. You know, they, they say the honest guy don't lie. And if you mm-hmm. go by that, you know, basically you, you would you would automatically say that it was Baker Mayfield because of what you said last week. He progressively got better yes. as he went along in Oklahoma. Matter of fact, had his best year his senior year. Makes no makes mm-hmm. sense, right? Then you have guys right. who like to go off of measurables. You know what they see at the combine, where they look at pro days. And also, they're workout warriors and also uh, prospect guys. You know, guys whose measurables measure up to what you're you're anticipating or expecting a a good NFL QB to be. He has to be at least six foot whatever, 200 whatever, play within this particular, well, have a certain hand size, be able to play in a particular climate. And whatever QB right. is the flavor of the month, that's who everyone tries to kind of model their their prospects after. And I can never get a consensus yep. on which theory is correct <clears throat> because you'll hear someone say one thing and then contradict themselves by saying the absolute opposite about another player. It's funny. So my whole thing is yes, all we'll you can really do, mm-hmm. yeah, all, all you yep. can really do is Go based upon the the the, the, the tape or, or, or whatever footage or whatever highlights you got. Go off of that and, and hope that they fit within your system and, and and that it translates to the NFL. So with with, with one of those things down, that that's that's the the the, the constant in that because everything else is is all right. about if. Major Baseball has to be the yeah. number one QB in that in that situation. Has to be. Exactly, and dude, let me touch up. You know, <clears throat> I, I, you know, again, this confirmed my belief that Baker Mayfield's top quarterback this year's draft. Again, don't lie. Don't go on measurables. Go by what you see on tape. And I mm-hmm. want to bring up what you alluded to when 
when when scouts say one thing about a prospect and another about nothing. Um, it's just the hypocrisy of this whole thing. Cracks this whole process just cracks me the hell up, especially with quote unquote draft experts. You know what I'm saying? Um, for example, remember when Bill Polian and 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 several like him uh, would would bash with continuously bash on Lamar Jackson, talk about, I mean, his lack of accuracy is one thing, but he had the nerve to say he's too small. He's six foot three. He's only a year shorter than I am. And he has the frame to pack up, pack up some more muscle to become bigger. He played in the ACC. He, he, yeah. you know, he completed the shy of 60 pounds passes. Yeah, I'll give him that. But the fact of the matter is, someone threw for over 3,500 years. Someone over 1,500 yards. Someone scored all those touchdowns. Someone did it against the likes of Clemson and Florida State and others. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's as if to say, you know, yeah, you would have had some trouble. Yeah, you passed for all those yards and all the scores in the ACC, but we're good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, just <laughs> totally push that to the side. Meanwhile, you had this cat, Josh Allen, out of Wyoming, and the – in the in, in, in the in the much ballyhooed Mountain West Conference, dude had like has a lower per, completion percentage than Lamar Jackson. Didn't throw for many mm-hmm. yards, touchdowns, and everything. Didn't I mean wasn't but so mobile. And he did, he only played in the in the US, He only played for the championship only once, only once. If you're that dude, like remember what I said about. The comparisons between guys, small school guys like Josh Allen and, and, and um, um, not Nick Foles, but uh, um, Carson what's West. the quarterback name that came from North Dakota? Yeah, Carson Wentz came from North Dakota State. When you turn on the tape and watch Carson Wentz at North Dakota State, and I saw him since North Dakota State was all world worldly good and on ESPN every Saturday, he was that. You could tell he was that dude. He let him do I don't know, copious amounts of of uh, national championships and F- at the FCS level, and he had the measurables on top of that. So basically, his tape said it all, his said it all, and it translates in, on Sundays. I'm sorry, Josh Allen has the measurables. He's six five and a big dude, like what two forty, all mostly muscle, mm-hmm. but he. If you again, I just kind of lie. You turn on the tape. He did not stick it out. The only reason why people knew about him is his size. And 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 remember when I said that people bash Lamar Jackson's lack of accuracy. When someone brought that up to Mel Kiper Jr., who I respect a lot, about Josh Allen. I mean, mind you, he almost wet the bed at the at the, at the mere side of Josh Allen. He just fell in love with the dude. When someone brought that up to him about the this lack of completion percentages and the lack of wins during his mm-hmm. collegiate career at Wyoming, you know what the dude said? What's that? I'm quoting him. Quote, stats over losers, end quote. That's not <laughs> just supposed to show you the hypocrisy. If you fall in love with a guy, you're going to defend it to the death, no matter how silly your argument may be. Same exactly. thing if you have a reason not not, not to like a prospect, i.e. Lamar Jackson's case. But, look, I'm not rooting for this kid or any kid for that matter, Josh Allen, 
to fail at the at the you know, at the pro level. I want these kids to do well. Even mm-hmm. though he had some questionable racist tweets while he was in high school, but that's another problem. I still want him to do well. I don't think he will do well, particularly not in Buffalo. I mean, you got. I mean, if you Buffalo Bills fan, you got to wonder what just just what the hell just happened <laughs> to your draft. <laughs> I mean, they moved up to take that. I mean, granted, look, you already have um, AJ McCarron from Cincinnati in the trade that you made with him, but mm-hmm. but you traded all those picks to get Josh Allen again. If you fall in love with the prospect, you do what you can, say what you can to defend it. I get it. But, again, I mean, this is why Buffalo keeps failing at quarterbacks. <laughs> they just pick suspect dudes from J.P. Lawsman to, to this guy. You know, it's like, I know J.P. Lawsman is just, ooh, God. But, Man. I mean, the fact of the matter is, for that one. is that – <laughs> I'm totally wrong for that. God. I know, but the fact of the matter is, they're going. Buffalo is still going to be in mediocrity hell, or mediocrity purgatory. Uh, purgatory. Uh, same thing, but purgatory sounds richer than hell. Um, until they get the quarterback position right. To me, I understand why people were down on Tyrod Taylor, but I think Tyrod Taylor didn't get didn't get the props that he deserved. At least not turn over the ball and stuff like that. But at any rate, you just had to wonder if you're a Buffalo Bills fan. But uh, I like Baker Mayfield's situation. He can, mm-hmm. you know, he can learn under Taylor, Taylor speaking of Taylor. Um, he'll be ready this year. He, he probably will be ready to take over next year uh, if, if things pan out the way they should. But, and same thing with Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have to run his time right away. They just lit a light mm-hmm. up to Joe Flacco, though. Uh, the president has on notice. But I think, you know, they are going to be fun to watch once they get to again the center. I mean, and plus, with the addition of Mason Rudolph and Pittsburgh, this is going to be the AFC North quarterback of the future. Baker Mayfield, Mason Rudolph, Former conference rivals at Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, respectively, and mm-hmm. in the same division. That is going to be live when that time comes to, to get understood full time. That is the, the hope. Crazy. The hope is that they all pan out because I had that yeah. same excitement just a couple of years ago when RG3 came into Washington and. Uh, Philadelphia had just drafted uh, not Wentz but Nick Foles, so I thought that you yeah. know those two guys, those two teams had the, their QBs of the future, and it didn't work out for either. You know, in, in a very short yeah. time that it didn't pan out for either uh, QB. So it just depends which QB is in the best situation for him. And how quickly right. can those organizations surround him with talent in order for him to properly compete? Because it's a combination of that QB's talent level and also the talent level of who he's surrounded by. If you can go ahead and drop that dude on a good squad and, and he has deficiencies, he may be mm-hmm. his deficiencies will be masked. But 
if even if he's great and the rest of his team is trash, it's going to take a lot of sledding. But the thing is, if he's great, that team won't be 0-16. You can at least see that they'll be competitive with a great QB back there. So, it's like I said, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, it's a combination of a lot of things to try to figure out who's going to end up doing what. But if that actually pans out of Lamar Jackson, Mason Rudolph, and, and, and Baker Mayfield being the future of, of the AFC North, it'll be a very interesting five to ten years. Yes, it will be. Yes, it will be. And you know what? I got to give you before we move on for saying that, for you saying that Lamar Jackson may end in Baltimore when it's all said and done. I remember you said that before the draft. You wouldn't be shocked if he landed at Baltimore. So even though it took for Baltimore – Trading back twice and trading back into the first round to snag him at the at pick number thirty-two. You're the master. <laughs> Nick Nostradamus. <Sure enough. laughs> <laughs> but so, it, it just happened to be a lot of the teams who I said, you know, would, would attempt to get a QB in the first round, with the exception of New Orleans, yeah. was and New England were looking to do so. But New England was actually looking, rumored to be looking to trade up to the number two spot to try to get Baker Mayfield. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? But it, imagine yeah. that had happened. Oh. But once again, they understand that they need that heir apparent there in New England in order to, uh, to, 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 to follow up Tom Brady. And the way that things are looking right now, especially after that last interview he just did with Jim Gray, they're going to need some yeah. to get ready up their New England soon. Yeah. Yeah. But that, man, that's just crazy. But uh, speaking of New England, let's go to Cleveland. Um, I wrote a blog post today about, and, and I couldn't believe I did this. I couldn't believe I was writing. I even openly questioned myself the first couple of says in the rant. Mm. Cleveland actually did very well. I mean, they drafted Mayfield, who I thought was the best quarterback in the draft. Mm-hmm. Denzel Ward at number four, even though I felt that Bradley Chubb could have gone there. But I get mm-hmm. that Ward is the, is the top quarterback in the draft. So, and, you know, it doesn't hurt to have someone that's still on the back end, see uh, uh, Marshawn Lattimore in New England. I mean, in New mm-hmm. um, Then, what was probably my favorite pick of theirs was drafted Nick Chubb in the second round. Yes, Nick Chubb had a a few years ago in, in Georgia, but he was the mm-hmm. guy who succeeded uh, uh, um, Todd Gurley and played yes. while Todd Gurley got hurt. He filled up for him and did very well. And is set. Let, uh, let, uh, let me uh, let me pull this up. Chubb set Georgia rushing records that I don't think is ever going to be broken. Um. Yeah, he he left Georgia with forty seven hundred sixty nine rushing yards, second only to Herschel Walker. In mm. Georgia, added Herschel Walker rushed for more yards than Nick Chubb as a bulldog. And for those of you who hadn't seen Nick Chubb on film, shame on you. 
I mean, you need to check a SEC football more so. I'm a big fan of SEC football and SEC football for that matter. But Nick Chubb was that. Even with uh, that Michelle kid behind him, he who was drafted a few spots earlier by New England, who I thought was a good mm-hmm. draft pick as well. Chubb is a freaking mm-hmm. stud, and that uh, that's to go along with Carlos Hyde and yes. uh, Duke Johnson, who can get on that field. They're loaded at the at, at running back, and and if you go to the fourth round, uh, they that Callaway kid out of Florida, who has first round talent, but is mentally a, a first class bonehead. I mean, he he has he he was that guy at Florida if he if he did out of trouble off the field. So could you imagine that guy? And by the way, watch the him as well. Imagine that guy to go along with Jarvis Landry, who just signed a big extension with Cleveland, and mm-hmm. Josh Gordon, as long as he stays off the weed. <laughs> they have quite a lot of talent at the skill positions. I mean, if you think about last year and the year before, no one scared you. Aside from Josh Gordon once he was healthy and right, no one scared you offensively. You know, now they got – a loaded backfield, and vastly upgraded receiving core, and a quarterback and uh, Tyler Taylor who won't turn the ball over. At least I'm to learn. Well, and I think that their future is bright. I never thought I'd say that about <laughs> 80. You know what I'm saying? Their, 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 their future is bright. And as long as they don't go Cleveland Brown and muck it up, given how things are changing to the okay, Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh is on the back nine of his career. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco may be on his way out mm-hmm. in Baltimore, and you don't know what will do, even though I think he'll do well. And who the hell knows what's going on for the quarterback? Cincinnati, exactly. So, even though – I mean, even though, you know, Andy Dalton is a serviceable guy, he's decent when you get the blind, but they're the Bengals, and they're run by Mike Brown. If you take all those things, and if Cleveland plays, look, it's cards right. They actually have a general manager who's worth a damn, a John Dorsey from Kansas City, who also traded up last year to draft Patrick, Patrick uh, Mahomes. Uh, mm-hmm. Mahomes. You if, if they do play the cards right, and if John Dorsey sets that straight and keeps the owner, his owner, out of their business, dude, they they have a they have a bullish future. I mean, granted, you you, you can't go from up from zero and sixteen. <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if they went five games this year, and if they do, that's going to be obviously a big improvement. That would explain both the following season. And, again, I can't believe I'm saying this about the Brownies. But <laughs> I, I got to give them props for this. I mean, it, everything says that for And I completely agree with you. Actually, you left a couple of things out. You forgot about uh, Corey Coleman, hmm. the other receiver out of Baylor that they drafted. And, and the oh, that's tight end, right. I, the young tight end that they have that I can't remember what his name is off the top of my head. But they do have what a child that's tight end. From yes, Miami. in Cleveland. Yeah. So they have a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Now, they went ahead and drafted that guard in, in the second round to, to, to help out the O-line right. with the loss of Joe Thomas. 
Then, of course, a couple of free agency pickups that they made. Then I'm with you, well, kind of with you, with the Bradley Chubb. I understand on paper Bradley Chubb and Miles Garrett on both on either side of the, of the line for, for Cleveland Delicious. would be Delicious. monstrous. But you're mm-hmm. talking about a team who may have been, what were they? They were uh, 28th in rushing attempts allowed, the 7th in rushing yards allowed. So they may have given up a lot mm-hmm. of rushing attempts, but they didn't give up a lot of rushing yards. But their issue was that they right. were 26th in passing touchdowns allowed and 31st mm-hmm. in interceptions uh, taken away. So they really needed help in the secondary. Mm-hmm. So the ward pick, in my eyes, was a little bit more of a glaring need than picking up uh, right. Bradley Chubb, even though Chubb would have been fantastic. And and I know the guy out of out of uh, Florida, the, the the DM out of Florida that they picked up, won't necessarily be a Bradley Chubb. The hope is that he develops. If not, then you just, that means you just have to go ahead and attack for next year. But this front seven mm-hmm. of of Cleveland, especially with their linebacking core. Is, is very stout already. So I think that they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. They just really needed to go ahead and address that corner spot. And Ward, excuse me, is, going, is stepping in day one as a starter on the left side. So they have their corner um, to go ahead and replace. Uh, what's your boy's name that used to play with Florida that's now in, in uh, Pittsburgh right now? You're talking about the, uh, uh, the offensive lineman? No, the uh, the corner. Oh, the corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, Joe Hayden, Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden. So, yeah, you know, with them losing Joe Hayden a couple of years ago and that secondary being slowly diminished uh, over the past couple of years, they needed to go ahead and, and, and boost mm-hmm. that back up. So, yeah, Ward was, an, an, in my opinion, more of a need than going ahead and getting Bradley Chubb. So, hopefully, and if I remember correctly, Greg Williams is the, G, uh, the uh, defensive coordinator out there in Cleveland, yeah, right? Yeah, good one too. He knows how to yeah, scheme. Good one too. He knows how to mm-hmm. scheme, so he'll be fine. And so yeah, just go ahead and get that that DB out there, and they'll be okay. I'll say this: he taught me off that ledge. I will say though, Cleveland's loss was Denver's gain. You you know how 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 quick it it took John Elway to hand uh, Roger, Roger Goodell that card. <laughs> oh yes, Ellie Chubb. <laughs> you know, <laughs> to go shoot pairing pair him with um, uh, what's what's the kid's name? Uh, one of my blessed. I see his face. Uh, Von Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Von Miller pairing Bradley Chubb with Von Miller. Woo wee! Man, they're they're gonna be so that that yeah they're gonna be nice again. But all in all, I actually loved Cleveland's draft. Last thing about the NFL draft. You know, that's one cool thing. The coolest thing about having the NFL draft at NFL cities instead of just at, at, at Radio City Hall in New York City ah, is that not only you that? get the NFL fans, but you get to troll the fans. You oh. see all those players in the second round, and I'm mad I missed it again this year. I thought I learned my lesson from last year when Drew Pearson oh. just set it off. Yes. <laughs> yes. But man, did you check out? Uh, David Akers, David the hell out of Cowboys fan. 
I was listening to it live on the radio when it happened. I, oh, I man, that. I laughed so hard. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> ironic because yeah, of GPSN. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shannon, he was so excited. He, he wanted to get it. He was holding it in for so long. So when he finally got a chance to do it, he was overexcited, man. But, you know, once again, Drew Pearson, you started it, bro. So when it comes to your city, yeah. you should have known people was going to come back at you. So when 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 uh, uh, David Akers did it, I forgot who did it for Pittsburgh. Um, the old the old oh, well, for see. Pittsburgh did it. So oh yeah, Max you, Stark, had a, he, 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 I mean he Max Stark, I mean, yeah, he, Max he, Stark. I mean he trailed Bengals fans. Yeah, yeah, he trailed Bengals fans, but, but that's <laughs> so you know he got a little taste. Uh, uh, somebody from the Patriots got a little taste. It was a, it was a lot of uh, somebody from the Skins got a little taste. So everybody yeah, got a yeah, piece in Dallas. Everybody got a piece in Dallas. So I, I, I'm living for that. I, I hope to see it more often. Well, you know what? It started off in second round, oddly enough, with uh, Justin Tuck. You know? Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when Roger Goodell just stepped off the side of him, cheese and laughing. <laughs> he knew what was happening. <laughs> going to Tuck. And Justin Tuck gave the crowd a look. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Dallas. And then that fall, uh, Nate Burleson was pretty funny. Oh, um, uh, who else? Uh, Merton Hanks. Remember what he oh. said? <laughs> and with the census pick of the second round of the NFL draft, the San Francisco 49ers, the first team to win five Super Bowls. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> that was so awesome. He just oh got him, man. <laughs> with that long no. deck of his. I, I still remember that long deck of his. Um, who else, man? Uh, some most but you got from the red is kind of trolled out a little bit, but Mike Vick, my man, with that rise oh. up, he came on stage hype, man. Says, "Dirty birds, rise up!" And he said, "With with such such pick of the NFL draft, by the way, I didn't lose to Dallas. <laughs> I never lost to Dallas." But he said, <laughs> "He said I I, I, oh. I I screwed that up." But he said, "By the way, I never lost to Dallas." <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Like, yes. That is hilarious. Yes. There's like a YouTube video that I posted to Facebook and Twitter that had the best of the Troy and the Dallas Cowboys. I said that video like 10 times. We're probably going to look at it 10 times more. It was so funny, man. Oh, I will say this. So yep. But I will say this. I have to give it up to the fans in Dallas. For not letting up on the commission, it didn't matter. With the exception of the young man in the wheelchair, it didn't matter who right. came out with the commission. They let him have it. As a matter of fact, the, the, the his plan of coming out with cowboy greats in an attempt yeah. not didn't to matter. get booed backfired on him, and the fact that he tried to turn it back <laughs> on them. Made it even funnier. You could tell he was he was a little nervous at the fact that it didn't work because he called it ATT Stadium. I just thought that was funny. And he said, "Are you, are you booing yeah. the Cowboys? Nah, we know they ain't booing the Cowboys. They booing you, Bama, and they got you. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what made it hilarious. <laughs> they, I loved yeah. it. The entire they weekend was care. fantastic. Oh man, 
maybe I'll learn my lesson too to the second round next time, next year. Maybe I'll learn my lesson, <laughs> no matter where the draft is. But it was la- it was I mean Drew Pearson started last year, and remember mm-hmm. your boy uh, London Fletcher, let Eagle yes. fans have it last year. Yes. Yeah, that was funny too. That oh. was funny too, and that followed up with uh, what Jason Armstead let him have it, and um, <laughs> forgot about that. That followed up with um, yep. What was that? I'm sorry, oh. I missed you. I oh, know. I said I forgot about Jesse Armstead uh, uh, giving oh, him a yeah, taste yeah, last yeah, year yeah, in Philly. Yeah. But my favorite oh. part of that draft, but but that draft, that was not only um, Pearson, the hell out of Philly fan, but they respond. remember like the last day, I guess of the beginning of the fourth round, like uh, Troy Vincent, a former Eagle, brought out mm-hmm. Brian Brian Dawkins. Remember yeah. that when they brought him out in the response and Brian Westbrook hit him with, if Dallas, if I see somebody from Dallas, they're doggone podium, we're going to give him a Philadelphia welcome. That was, that was awesome. That was <laughs> the most of the, about trolling is, is when the trolling comes back. That, that, that's awesome. That is awesome. Brian, Brian Dawkins got hyped and saying fly, Eagles fly. That was that was cool. That was cool. See, that's why one thing that Roger Goodell got right was having the draft in NFL cities. Yeah. And I'm, I'm again. I, I don't know what the hell is going to be next year, but I'm 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 hoping I'm hoping for some more trolling. If it's in if it's in the ATL, I want Saints fans to troll. If it's in New Orleans, <laughs> I want Saints fans, Panther fans, Dallas fans, even I want them to come after them. If it's in Pittsburgh, I want. I, you know, I want Ravens fans to set off. I want the Bungles and even Brownie fans to set off. They had an old rivalry. And Patriot fans, too, for that matter. Um, yeah. But it doesn't matter. I just want to see some good, old-fashioned people. That's what I want to see. And the fact that we got it in Philly and back, back years, awesome. Totally, totally, totally awesome. Awesome. Yes. So... We're going from one piece of awesome to another. The NBA playoffs, second round. Um, the first round, man, it was exciting as hell. I mean, I know they got one sweeping, sweeping the hell out of Portland, actually beating the hell out of Portland. Mm-hmm. How about the second round so far? Cleveland, Toronto. Excuse me, Boston and Philadelphia. And by the way, how good is it to see Boston and Philadelphia play each other in the playoffs again? I feel like a kid in the 80s all over again, watching the likes of Julius Irvin, Dr. Bird, Moses Malone, Maurice Chicks, Kim McHale, Robert Parrish. I mean, I, I feel like I teleport myself back to the 80s, man. It's just, it's just great to see that matchup again. And the well Atlantic Division rivalry, yes. Exactly. I hate a rivalry. Lots of hate in that rivalry, too. Then you have uh, Houston, Utah, as well as Golden State, New Orleans. Probably mm-hmm. should pencil in Houston and go to stay in the championship round in the conference <laughs> finals. But I want to go to Cleveland and Toronto for a minute. Okay. Toronto. Oh, Toronto. Toronto is like one of those teams. They're great in the regular season. I mean, they're like the Indianapolis Colts of the 90s through the Peyton era. Always great in the regular season. But find a way to stick it up in the playoffs. I mean, they barely <laughs> got by your 
your your your uh, like uh, your Wizards, and you figure you get a. I mean, look, Cleveland in the past twenty minutes tomorrow in the playoffs, you figure this is the year they the Toronto will get over that hump. They're better on paper. They have a deep mm-hmm. bench. They're well coached. They're, be- they're better coach, uh, coach, and most of all, Cleveland's coming off of a grueling seven game series against Indiana, which they could have easily been eliminated. So you figure advantage game one would have been Toronto all day long, right? Wrong. We all know. <laughs> you know, I should have known, man. I don't know why the hell I thought that Toronto was going to come out like game. I mean, they did come out like game busters. They led by double digits most of the game. But mm-hmm. then you saw Cleveland come back. You saw the LeBron supporting cast start to hit shots, something that we hadn't seen in all playoffs. And that's mm-hmm. during LeBron's worst game of the playoffs. Right, still managed triple yeah. double, but he made only twelve or thirty shots, or something like that. And you know, he went one from eight from three, one for six from the free throw line. He he had a horrible game, and they still won. Exactly. <laughs> we still beat Toronto with with LeBron James playing his worst game in the playoffs and his worst game in quite some time. You know what it tells me? This is going to end this week. I'm if you can't be clean, if, if I mean, I'm look, if look, you know, I understand Cleveland. You know, it's all about matchups, right? Some people yeah. more than others, but Cleveland just owns Toronto, man. Toronto's a better team than Cleveland on paper. They have yeah. no damn business losing game one at home to a team that's just got into town after finishing off a grueling seven game series with a, with a division rival. Are you serious? Are you freaking serious? Oh, oh, baby dinosaurs! They, that's why they call them the baby dinosaurs. They shrink, man. They shrink in the playoffs and they shrink against LeBron James. I, I'm telling you, man, this is going to end in a sweep. They ain't winning another game this series. Toronto, they just, they just, they just got owned again by Cleveland last night. <laughs> and it's going to be the same song and dance. I mean, it's a matter of how how quick it's going to end. I wish they had Cleveland in six. But I think they're going to sweep those guys. I don't know yet, because along with LeBron having his worst game, they helped me out with this number. Didn't Toronto only mm-hmm. score 18 points in the fourth quarter last night? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I'm checking right, right now, but, it, but, but uh, you can keep riffing. Yeah, if, that's, if that was the case, that's one of their worst shooting nights. That's one of their worst shooting quarters for the entire playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you have those two things together right. and the fact that Cleveland's bench showed up and Dilly Dilly, somebody from uh, Cleveland scored more than scored 20 points finally in the playoffs, not named LeBron James. And oddly enough, and it was, it was J.R. Smith. Grab your pearls, <laughs> Carlos. It's my God. J.R. Smith put 20. Are you kidding me? So you have yeah. all those factors Kyle come Kobe together. Was the exactly. Yeah. Kyle Kobe so was you the have all those. Jeff Green for sixteen. And, uh-huh. and your boy Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson. Have, yes. Has fourteen points and twelve rebounds. Exactly. The, so this is the first night. The hell up. It was a huge night of anomalies in that game. LeBron had his worst right. night. The the the, uh, the 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 
Raptors had their worst quarter, and everybody from yep. Cleveland stepped up. Now, the thing is, can it continually happen throughout the entire series? I don't know who yeah. I trust least in that situation, the uh, Cleveland's bench or the Toronto Raptors as a whole. And it just happened to be that they fell well. apart in the fourth. I, I, you know, I do. Uh, if somebody would have come to me, hold a gun to my head and say, you got to choose <laughs> the, uh, the, the Cavs yeah. bench, or the Raptors in, in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I don't know who I'd pick. I, I, I don't. And it just happened to be odd that everything fell together that way. But it's going to be up to, to, to Toronto to do what they did against Washington. And they had the opportunity. Now, the thing is, if they come out tight yeah. in game two <clears throat> against Cleveland, play tight the entire game, then it's a possibility it might be a sweep. I still have, me, have Toronto in six. <laughs> I still have Toronto in six. Oh, God bless you. But, yeah, it's 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 a situation, man, where, you know, they, they're going to have to go ahead and not allow what happened last night to happen again because that's exactly what happened. It, they choked in the fourth quarter. And there was a lot of bonehead right. mistakes. That's what it is. A lot of bad turnovers, balls bouncing off of guys and going out of bounds and poor handling and, and poor shot. And then, what's your boy's name? Van Belt comes off the bench. Yeah, Van Belt. To take, yeah, he's to, to, a go-to to, guy. He's a, an undrafted free agent. He's a go-to guy. <laughs> not DeMar DeRozan, not Kyle Lowry, but an undrafted rookie from Wichita State. <laughs> off the, the bench, you guy, man. Fresh yes. off the bench, yeah. Really, dude? Really? Oh. Come on, man. So that's why I'm like, <laughs> if if Toronto get their head back on right, they should be fine. Right. But that's if because mm-hmm. this team has the propensity to get shook. They do. Drake is already shook. He does that at Kendrick Perkins. First and foremost, what the hell is Kendrick Perkins doing in Cleveland? Is he a bench coach? I know he ain't on the roster. I don't know, but he, but he was about to beat Drake's ass in the court last night. Drake he didn't want none of that. He didn't want nothing. He, 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 he knew there was he, somebody he was going to hold his ass down. Exactly. He just took his beige ass down and pay attention. That was wrong. Be a fan, be a Just shut the hell up. Just, just, just <laughs> shut the hell up. He's not doing uh, the team any favors against Cleveland. Uh, no. Yeah, he didn't want any no. bit of Jake with Kendrick Perkins. He didn't want any bit of that. But just going back but, to Toronto, what you said, he didn't score only 18 uh-huh. points in the fourth quarter, as you said. And when Toronto called a timeout, it was like maybe a few seconds left, I think it was. They mm-hmm. called a timeout. They're inbound the ball. They called a timeout. They come out of the timeout, go out and inbound the ball, and gets called for five seconds. Yeah. Out of a timeout. Five-second violation. Out of a timeout. You knew then. I'm like, ah, oh, man, these 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 cats are shook again. Cleveland <laughs> owns them. Cleveland yeah. owns them, man. They they own they own Toronto. They just do. They just do. But I don't know. Again, I think it's gonna be a sweep. And especially oh. like you know, as you said, if Cleveland comes out like I mean, they don't have to come out like game busters. That's what Toronto is. If they come out tight. Mm-hmm. 
if, 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 if the Mars shrinks, like, you know, in the south of, of LeBron James, which, which is the west, and if uh, Kyle Lowry shows the ball over and lets Van Pelt or whatever the hell his name is, Van Fleet, be the best guy on the court for Toronto, this shit's going to be a sweep, man. Yeah. And, and if Toronto doesn't get it done this year, after being having the top spot at uh, you know, the Eastern Conference in terms of record, having home court throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs, at least not while LeBron's in Cleveland. I mean, no. I don't know what you do then. Maybe hope and pray LeBron leaves for the like, for the Western Conference at that point because they just they just get owned by this guy and that team every single year. It's just every crazy. Single it's mind boggling. Yeah, it's just mind boggling. But I say this, man. You know, I would say that the East is more exciting than the West because yeah. if you look out West, even though. Utah's hanging in. They were up by like 16, but I think they're up by one. Now. Oh, wow. In, in, in the fourth quarter, doing crunch time. It's crunch time. And uh, now Houston's back on top. Oops. Uh, so, there's <laughs> so much for the hope for Utah was still one on the road. But nevertheless, you got New Orleans and Golden State. First of all, Golden State met New Orleans in game one without Steph Curry. Steph Curry comes back, gets a six-man off the bench. Can you imagine that? Six-man off the bench, Steph Curry. But they 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 won a good one last night as well. But I figure after that first game when New Orleans didn't really show up again, well, they tried, but they got dominated in the first game, game one without mm-hmm. Steph Curry. This might be a short series too, if you're not careful, if they're not careful. Uh, again, I love the story of, of, of New Orleans. I love – like what Andy Davis is doing, Davis is doing, finally proving people wrong. When people call him overrated for some reason, uh, now has a squad around him. Drew Holiday is up for the mouth. Even DeMarcus Cousins before he got hurt. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like if they if they don't win game three, it's over. It might be a sweep. But I think even still, the future is bright in New Orleans, as well as Utah. I mean, no one expected Utah to be in this position, let alone be OKC and in, in, in get in, in, uh, in like in the first round of the playoffs. I get to OKC in a moment, but it's easy going to be it's easy going to be Houston and Golden State. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows yeah. that. Like in the West, and it's, it's going to be easy. It's, too. I have both teams winning in five, but like you said, no one expected Utah to be there, especially after losing Gordon Hayward. Well, Hayward, I'm sorry. Right. But they they end right, up right. You know, getting the dynamic Donovan Mitchell and also adding the veteran Jay Crowder to that squad. So I think that's going to be one of those teams. If they're capable of adding one more piece to that team, they might be able to take that next step. But as as far as go as as long as Golden State's going to be Golden State, and if if Houston can continue to stay healthy for the next couple of years, I, I don't I don't see them getting any higher possibly than a, a, a third or maybe even a fourth seed if nobody else makes any major moves in the West. L.A. Lakers, wink, wink. But because um, your boy just made the announcement right. today, he's not re-signing with OKC, so we know what that means. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go, uh, that's that's uh, Paul George. So uh, go West, young man. Go West. Yep, yep. Um, 
Exactly. So, I, but speaking of Utah, they are so well coached. I mean, it's it's great to see yeah. it matters. I mean, he has those guys. And to me, he and uh, Brad Stevens out of Boston. Bradley Stevens. They're, they, they're, they're the coach. I mean, they're, particularly Stevens. He's like an extra weapon. He's really like a sixth man. Because if you look at Boston, they have no damn business. If you look at them on paper, they have no damn business. So well in the playoffs, let alone a Milwaukee team in seven, and spanking a more talented Philadelphia team in game one. I know they got home court advantage. I know Boston has home court advantage. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia is much more is much is better and much more talented on paper than Boston. You think about it, Boston is doing this without Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. and yeah. now Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown and now Jalen Brown. So you. Rozier, excuse me, and Jason Tatum, balling. That's Brad Stevens. That's his development. That's his style. That's why these guys are thriving. And you've got to figure, man, if you look ahead, you know, if you look ahead of next season, or Gordon Hayward hopefully comes back and carry (sighs) with these two young guys, don't you guys? Lock. Lock. Are you serious? <laughs> Should be a lock. Man. But, yo, you know, like I said, that's why they're in Utah. I mean, Boston has But Boston and Utah are so well coached. It's just amazing. It's great to see that. It's more, mm-hmm. than, more than just great to coach. It's, yeah. it's, just, it's great to see. It's great to see that. But I would say this, going back to Boston, again, I'm happy as hell. I feel like I'm, I'm an 11, 10, 11 year old kid again in the 80s, watching this old Boston Philadelphia playoff series and those fisticuffs that they used to have in the regular season. Look out, Larry. You know, the thing is, is that it's good. Now Utah's back up on Houston by six points. Wow, they're making a run themselves. Oh wow! Um, to see, I'd like to see them to see Boston fans at a savagery. They were savage back in the day, and they even yeah, savage. they were. Um, like 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 when they hit uh, 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 at the free throw line, like not a rookie clap clap. <laughs> and then when Jason Tatum went to the foul line shortly thereafter, they were like, most of the were like, he's a rookie. <laughs> he's a rookie. Oh. And then the funny part about all that is, Alvin Mitchell used the opportunity to troll uh, Ben Simmons once more. Because keep in mind, these cats will be going out all year about who's yeah. a rookie, what should be a rookie. They've been mm-hmm. going out all year. And they've been both savage about it. And, you know, it's, it's just been a hell of an NBA year. I, it's been a great NBA year. So, I mean, let's go on and say Probably the best, one of the most exciting NBA seasons in quite some time. But I'm happy to see Boston and Philly play each other in the, in like the, in the playoffs. I'm glad to see coaching really matter in the playoffs. And, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? But, 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 but in the East, 
You know, it's hard to tell. I know Cleveland, since they're all Toronto, Cleveland's going to beat the baby dinosaurs. So we know that. So it's like, it's hard to call Boston and Philly, even after Boston shellacking in game one. Because Philly, again, is better and talented on paper than the Celtics. Just that the Celtics has that guy, Brad Stevens, who can coach rings about almost around almost any coach. So it's mm-hmm. hard to tell. But I think as compelling <clears throat> as Cleveland and Philly would be, I don't think it would be half bad if Cleveland went against Boston either. Because, again, the coaching factor. Yeah. You know, and Brad Stevens will coach rings around, uh, around Ty Lue. Let's just, let's just be real with that. They're gonna, he will coach rings around him. It's just a matter of those young guys getting over that LeBron hurt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In that respect. But they still had the OG, Al Horford, balling. Um, so they, they still had that going for them. But, again, I'm just, again, you can't help but think what if. But, still, you, it gives a lot to look forward to. You're a Boston fan next season. You have Al Horford, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, to go on with Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. I'm just saying. Depth. Bruh. Depth. I'm just saying it one more time. Saying. Bruh. <laughs> but who do you have advancing in the East? I'm just curious. I'm, 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 I'm going to get you out on this. Who, who do you have advancing in the East of the uh, conference semifinals? Now, uh, I, I'm opposite you with, with the Cleveland-Toronto. I think Toronto uh, gets it done. I think Dwayne Casey gets them to, to calm down, and they end up playing some basketball, the basketball that they've been playing all season long, and then uh-huh. in the first round against Washington, and they take it in six. Right. But the Boston-Philly series, like you said, I did not expect Boston to come out in game one and play the way that they played. But the thing is, once uh-huh. again, I, I said before, Philadelphia, in order for them to to be what everyone expects them to be, not only do their great players and Embiid and Ben Simmons need to play well, they need the rest of their guys. Right. Uh, uh, Robert Covington, who didn't have a good game, game one. Um, yes. I mean, JJ uh, uh, Reddick had a good game, but their JJ Reddick. Yeah, you know their benches what 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 held them up in in game one. So I, I'm expecting that series to go to the, the, the length. I'm, I got to go in seven, and I think that Boston, being that they have home court advantage, will be the team to come out of that series. So I, I have it as being Boston and Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals. Wow, we got the opposite there. I have Cleveland and, and Washington. Washington and, I'm sorry, in Philadelphia. My bad. You got me got dreaming Cleveland now. Philadelphia. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> Um, I got Philly in six. I got Cleveland in six originally, but you're holding on to that Toronto pick, so we'll see. But I think I think Boston and Philly is going to be an outstanding series, and mm-hmm. you know, hopefully, if if Toronto for the for the sake of their fans they turn around, that may be an exciting series too. But I mean, that's again, the, the, these these players have been so great, man, especially in the Eastern Conference. So it's going to be fun the rest of the way. So we'll see about that. Hey, man, thanks, Scott D. We'll do it again next week, homie. Most deaf. And shout out to the three HBCU players that were taken in the draft this year. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, I got spill the names up right quick. 
uh, Darius Leonard out of uh, South Carolina State went in the second round to uh, Indianapolis. Yeah. Brandon Parker, as he yeah. tried out of North Carolina A&T, went to the Raiders in the third round. And the surprise of the draft for me, I thought he was going to go as an undrafted free agent. But he went late in the seventh round to the, to the uh, New York Jets. Trenton Cannon, running back out of Virginia State, D2, Virginia State, went to the New York Jets. For that, we'll do it again next week. Peace out. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on uh, the Yard Search HBCU Sports Sports blog. We wrap about all things HBCU Sports as Sleazy Radio every week here on Blog Talk Radio. Thank y'all for tuning in to the Clown Hour. I'm Scott Brooks. Please check a brother out on Twitter at, at ScottyB underscore 1906. And, and 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 whatever you do, please enjoy the rest of the NBA playoffs while you can, because this is some exciting stuff this week. At any rate, good night. Peace out. Oh six. Thanks.